Welcome back to another episode of Podcasting in Pinstripes, the official New York Yankees podcast on the Gotham Sports Network. The Yankees winning streak has come to an end, but Sam and Steve are happy to talk Yankees baseball after a loss, man. Sam, how you doing? Steve, I said to you before we came on, this is the first time, maybe the only time, I think I'm happy to talk to you after a loss. The Yankees just won 11 straight games. 12 of 14, dating back to the start of the Detroit series. 18 and 7, best record in baseball. A lot of things, almost everything is working for the Yankees right now. What's not to like? This is, this is crazy, Sam. Usually we go through our three up, three down, and I think we both usually have the three down before we have the three up the past few years just because we're ready to talk about what we don't like about the team. But it's going to be really tough to, to this week because everything is flowing perfect for the Yankees. The lineup is going well. The, the pitching staff, the bullpen, 11 straight. I mean, you play – and honestly, people were, were bashing the Yankees for beating up on the competition prior to the series in Toronto, you know, with game with Baltimore, Detroit – Cleveland, Baltimore, Kansas City. and But the huge change for the Yankees, they have it. They didn't do this last year. They struggled versus the Orioles. They struggled versus lower competition. They always played down to their competition. So this is – it was an important step for the Yankees to differentiate themselves from the past teams of just plumbing teams, just putting a beat down on some of these teams. I think it was two episodes ago we talked about the Yankees not really scoring more than six runs in a game. It, it was opening day. And then it took them like three weeks to score six runs. Well, now they're they're putting up double digits often. They they did it three times in the past in, in this streak here, and and that included a, a rainout inning. So it, there's there's everything to love about the Yankees, as you said. It's the top first place, and even though they had to lost two of three from Toronto in Toronto, it is huge. So even though that loss tonight too, which easily could have been a win, and we could be talking about a, a dozen straight, there, there's not much to complain about with uh, 11 of 12. And really, when we're talking about recent history, you look at that second game in Toronto, the Yankees were down one nut top of the sixth inning, and Aaron Judge is up at the plate, 3-2, two, two out, and he hits a home run to tie it, a solo home run, and the Yankees rattle off nine unanswered runs to close the game, just totally dominated dominate that Blue Jays bullpen. When you're looking at the Blue Jays, who might be the Yankees' biggest threat in the American League East, Alec Manoa is absolutely filthy on the mound. I said to one of my coworkers that that judge home run might be the first Yankees extra base hit I've seen off Manoa, and I think that might be true without any research. And then they got to the bullpen and they absolutely barraged. That seventh inning last night was so, so much fun. I mean, everything was happening. Marwin Gonzalez playing magician getting home on that play. (laughs) He kind of got tagged, but... (laughs) Everything was work. I said to you, I would love to come on and talk about 12 in a row, but you signed for two or three in Toronto. Every time. 11 times out of 10, especially when they weren't even a playoff team. That was a tough place for the Yankees to play. It's that place and the trop that, that are just absolutely brutal, have been for so, so long. And everything has really been working for the Yankees. 
Yankees. I know the down offense in the Wednesday night two to one loss. Vladdy Jr. just staying on the bag at the end to close that game for the Blue Jays. But everything has been working. It's been really, really fun to watch. We talked about the starting pitching last week. The lineup, it seems like it's a new guy every night. It's Judge and Rizzo have been the two hitters. And then everyone else's stats besides LeMahieu or just, eh. And then it's a new contributor every night, which I really, really love to see. Yeah, and there's a lot of the games I think we would both agree, like, that they 100% would have lost last year. Um, and you mentioned the, the big outburst versus the bullpen the other day, but then I'm thinking back to last Sunday to Kansas City. They pull off a 6-4 win, but that seemed like a game. That's That was one of those win two versus a shitty team, and then have your punt day on a Sunday getting ready to travel, and, and you don't come through there. And that felt like that going into the Yankees game. They got an early lead there on Sunday in the first inning, but then Kansas City was up 4-1, to one, Game's half over, and I'm looking at like, ah, you know, this this Yankee team, all right, two of three versus Kansas City, can't complain here. Then they come back and score two in the fifth and two in the seventh and attack on uh, another one in the ninth here. Like, that's a game the Yankees don't win last year. Glaber Torres single-handedly won a game versus Toronto to start the series. That's a game they probably don't win last year. So there's a couple of those games that they that really, I think, kind of shown the difference of the two teams, which the Yankees have really focused on this year, is to show how, how much they, they've, they've changed uh, despite people saying this is a fourth place team that has bringing the same lineup out there. So it's great to see a sweep versus Baltimore. Kansas City's not good, so you got to dominate there when you can, and they did that all around. Cole looks fantastic versus the Royals and will be on the mound uh, on Friday. They, they have an off day Thursday. So everything is clicking for the Yankees. The, the place we have to start, Sam, on, on the three up, though, is is with the guy who's actually made a huge impact on Wednesday's game here in the loss is Aaron Judge. A lot of controversy. Aaron Boone had a, another epic showdown with an umpire and got ejected. Terrible calls all around to Aaron Judge from the home plate umpire who had a strike zone as big as Canada when Judge was up at the plate. But to put that aside, let's start off with just the monster week he's had. And Aaron Judge is showing everyone why he turned down that contract extension from Brian Cashman and why he bet on himself. Because right now, he is putting up monster numbers and is looking like an MVP candidate for sure. His OPS is near 1,000. He's got nine home runs. He's hitting just under 300 on the season. His gamble has paid off. He's about to turn 30 years old with his injury history. Yes, I know there's been some freak injuries there. But at 30, with his injury history, I thought he was a bit foolish to turn down the number that the Yankees threw out. And his gamble is paying off in a big, big way. He is the staple in the Yankees lineup. He looks as good as he's ever been. He's hitting balls to a different stratosphere, especially that ball in the sixth inning in the Tuesday win at Toronto. Aside from the fan exchange, which warmed the hearts of social media, that was really, really nice. That ball was an absolute nuke. And he hit one in Kansas City on Sunday that hit off the scoreboard. And then oh, that boy was a, a bomb. I thought it was going to go over the scoreboard on that one. I was That one was, was a beauty. And then he added to his total that Sunday to provide some insurance runs for the Yankees. Or insurance run, excuse me, because it was only a solo home run. But really, just an absolute joy this guy has been to watch. And you don't want to look ahead to the offseason and what decision that will bring the Yankees. He has been so, so stellar and living up to his billing early on. 
some really bullshit strike calls tonight, which we could get into later. I have tweeted about so many times through the years of him getting fastballs called at his ankles for a strike that there needs to be a tennis challenge system in baseball. That's a debate for another day. But but the perfect time of like you're absolutely right. Like Buster Olney actually was talking about it this morning. He, you know he was tweeting judges numbers here, and someone replied like, "Easy to hit when you get all the calls, like because you're a Yankee." And he was like, "Dude." It is a clear fact across all of Major League Baseball that he has the most calls against him, that umpires just simply refuse to or just don't know how to adjust for his size. And it came full out tonight here. The, the, the Boone rant was was great. You know, I'm sure uh, John Boy will have the, the full breakdown of, of lip reading by the time we, we post this tomorrow. But it was, it was ep- epic. And then Boone screaming at the ump, make a fucking adjustment. And the ump replied, you make an adjustment. Like, what? Like, what, what kind of response is that? And then Boone's going back at him like, he's six foot... He's six foot seven, like make an adjustment. And I understand it's hard to make an adjustment like that. He's one of a kind person. But like as the game progressed, it was absolutely atrocious. And if you're and if you're Toronto, you'd throw the ball outside the strike zone every time. You don't give this guy a thing to hit the way he's been swinging the bat lately. So you you don't even bother throwing there uh, and you're going to get the calls. And, and it was a huge, two of his, his last two at-bats were huge Huge at bats that that I will say affected the outcome of this game. But you know, there's nothing you can do about that. I think Judge knows it. Judge has talked about it. Be like, hey, what am I supposed to do? And there's really nothing he he can do because the umps aren't changing. We've seen the ump show continue this season. I don't know if you saw what happened to Madison Bumgarner today, but umps will refuse to to make adjustments and they refuse to get consequences for it. So there's no need for it for them to adjust. But uh, it kind of kind of crazy that it was being talked about this morning on Twitter, and it literally happened ten hours later. But good for Booney; always gets his money's worth when he gets ejected. You know, some people uh, you know bash him. You know, everybody bashes him these days. If there's a meltdown happening and he gets ejected, he makes sure he gets every penny with that ump. And it was a funny breakdown of him and the ump just screaming "you, you, you" at each other. But to not take away from what, what Judge has done, like absolute bombs left and right, and playing center field a lot more than I kind of expected this year too. We had Gallo out a few games here, and Sam with the him playing center. The alignment I, I'm shocked to see more often than not is Stanton in right, Judge in center, and Hicks in left. You know, with those playing going into the year, I would have definitely assumed it would have been Stanton in left, Hicks in center, and Judge in right. So it is interesting to see that when Stanton's playing the field, it's strictly right field, and they're comfortable with with Judge being in center versus Hicks there. Yeah, and you talked about it a little bit last week with Hicks's Tommy John surgery in the past, and maybe his arm is weakened in center a little bit. Gotta he still a has a rocket arm in left field, and it's not something I'm surprised to see. And we've seen Stanton out in right field, especially with that play he made in one of the games in the Toronto series. It was the opener, yeah. The opener. He had that amazing catch at the ball, and you have really been hammering home the point that Stanton was a really good outfielder during the, his time in Miami. And we are a month into the regular season, and there have been knock on wood no injuries to Giancarlo Stanton I will have a punishment if there is an injury to him when we record next time on Wednesday after the Toronto series the two-game Toronto stint in the Bronx 
But he looks really, really good and really agile out there, which is very, very encouraging to see. With that being the case, the Yankees and Aaron Boone have a lot of flexibility to go with in this lineup here. You know, Joey Gallo sat out a couple of games in Toronto, but he comes back tonight, hits a home run. He's got three on the season. We talked about last week that I called that he would have three or excuse me two home runs in the baltimore series and he did just that joey gallo's got three home runs on the season you nailed that one (laughs) we were we were texting about it and you absolutely nailed joey gallo breaking out of his slump and not just one but two and they come in bunches uh, and he missed a couple games here in Toronto. So we don't, and, and Kansas City, he missed one there too. So if you really want to look at it, you know, Joey Gallo's got, you know, a, a streak of three home runs in, in his last six games he's played, I, I believe. Um, so that they come in bunches. So it'll be, like you said, an interesting alignment there too, because Aaron Hicks is play, still getting on base and playing well. And it's the defensive side of things kind of makes it even more interesting because typically you could be like, all right, well, just don't play the guy who sucks at defense. But they're, they're all pretty, they're, they all hold their own really well. Like Joey Gallo is a gold glove left fielder. And, you know, shifting Aaron Hicks to play more left field is there. You got two studs that play left field half the time now. Aaron Judge has held his own completely in center field, and Hicks still does the same. And Aaron Judge, is, I think, is a gold glove right fielder. So, you know, you're looking at three guys that are above average. And like I said, Stanton is average, and that's all you really need when you have Stanton out there, as long as he stays healthy. He's, he's shown off his arm a few times. So going into the year, there was more talk about the infield logjam, but the outfield logjam is an actual thing too as well. You've got four outfielders for three spots, and thankfully the DH there, it helps. But then also within the infield now, it, it ties into you know who, who sits infield, outfield, and DHing every game. So it's a, it's, it's, it's a, it's a good battle to have if you're Aaron Boone. Uh, it's great for us to see because clearly it's been working. We we wanted consistency in the lineup. I think we've seen Judge, LeMahieu, and Rizzo. They all sat one game, I think, over the past three. But before that, they you know, they they each played seven in a row together, and they went Yankees won seven of those seven and zero. So the, those are the three catalysts for for the lineup here, and it, and it all has been surrounded by by Judge's hot streak. We'll save most of it for the off season, but after this first month uh, of the season here, what what what's the number for Judge here? Are we talking three fifty? We 300 blowing well past the, the the 213 offered he's flirting with 300 and whoever gives that to him whether it be the yankees or not he is really really getting up to that total of just accumulating his new contract and good for him this is a guy who has been the yankees mvp for the last several seasons one of the best hitters in baseball and if he adds a few zeros and a few numbers to that front of the contract i don't think he's adding zeros on the back i don't think he's gonna have a, a billion dollar contract good for I, him i think he's added a hundred million dollars to that deal it was 213 uh was the extension portion of it uh I, I think he's at 315 right now and if he stays healthy that number's probably only gonna go up it, it's pretty crazy so for our sake put up an mvp season and we'll worry about it in the off season but for now judge has shown everybody 25 games in why he's ready to be a free agent but for now he's a yankee and if you're a Yankee fan, there, there's nothing better than that than seeing 99 come up to the plate, especially the way he's been hitting the ball to start the year. The second person I think I want to talk about more most is Jamison Tyone. A lot of talk of Garrett Cole being the ace, Severino coming back, being healthy, Nestor Cortez putting on a show. We've given him a lot of credit th- this season too. And Tyone has quietly just, just been a solid, solid pitcher for the, for the Yankees. You know, six innings, a five-hit, one-run ball, versus Toronto and he's given up some runs here and there so I'm not you know it's not lights out here but but for a back end rotation guy and 
to put up a performance like that versus Toronto, the confidence, I think, for Tyone is only going to get bigger. So I want him on the list this week because I think the next week, we were going to be like, wow, we should have saw a hot streak from Jamison coming. Steve, you and I were both at that game where he could not get out of the first inning in Philadelphia. Oh, I forgot about that. Since that, he started 22 games. He's had a 3-3 ERA, almost an 8K through 9 innings, and he's gone 9-3 and for the Yankees. He has been a different pitcher since the first two months of the 2021 regular season. And for the Yankees to get him in an affordable price for these two seasons has been absolutely enormous. He has been a rock-solid pitcher in that 3-4 spot of the rotation. Really, really a good move by Brian Cashman. And he doesn't do it fancy. Only four strikeouts in six innings last night. And he keeps the ball down. He doesn't induce hard contact. I really, really like watching him pitch. He has been a solid acquisition and a real guy that you know what you're getting yep. when his spot comes up in the rotation. The, the consistency is huge. He hasn't given up more than two runs in any of his, his five starts this year. Hasn't gotten too deep into games, but that's fine. Six innings was the longest outing of the season for him. But again, I t- totally fine. The key here is if you're going to have the top of the rotation and you're still going to include Nestor after not having the greatest game so far, could return to be that, that fifth guy. But Severino, Cole, Cortez, um, and then you got Jamison Tyone and Jordan Montgomery uh, as your uh, your two other guys that people probably that aren't Yankee fans often forget about. You're talking about two of the more consistent guys that you're going to find in, in a rotation here, especially the back end of a rotation. So I, I completely agree with you. you know, Tyone, after five starts, got a, got a 2.8 uh, ERA in 25 innings. Uh, you said the strikeouts aren't, aren't blowing people away. And he's still give, he's given up some walks uh, as well. But the consistency here is key. And if he gets in a rhythm, he can go back to being that pitcher that he was a few years ago where we're thinking, man, this guy might be one of the top 10 pitchers in the league uh, at some points here. But he's not overpowering anybody. And he's really changed the way he's pitched because of his injuries. So as long as he can stay healthy and be consistent, the Yankees are beyond deep in that bullpen so that he doesn't have to go that third time through the lineup here. And that's just a really confident guy to have when you're a you know we're building a rotation guys like that are the type of players that teams are begging for come the, the trade deadline of like hey can we get a back-end rotation guy so we're not freaking out and burning our bullpen every five games and that's a huge part and the Yankees with him Montgomery Cortez though those guys you know that aren't labeled aces the, the confidence that they have with them from Boone's perspective and from a hitting perspective of like, hey, we know we're only giving up two, three runs here. One judge home run, one stand home run, and we win this game. Uh, it really just helps a team roll and turn over that rotation every five days. He really does. And I look forward to every time his spot in the rotation comes up because he's been very, very solid this season. He's 2-1, and one, 25 and a third innings pitch and five starts, averaging – Almost exactly five innings pitched per outing. 27 hits. He's only given up three home runs. 21 strikeouts. Only two walks on the season and 25 and a third inning. Huge. Absolutely huge. To have him at the back end of the rotation, the Yankees don't have a lot of flashy guys aside from Cole. They have Severino is the one everybody's looking forward to. But they have a lot of guys that are doing their job in the rotation. Getting through five innings in today's game in MLB is absolutely huge and they have several guys doing that on a consistent basis and I said it last week 
Starting pitching is always a concern with the Yankees. It's really not this season. Really nothing is a concern for that matter is they're 18 and 7 through 25 games, which is absolutely stellar. <laughs> Starting pitchers doing their job, getting through five, even when they're getting through four innings like Cortez on Wednesday night and not getting lit up is very very vital in today's mlb and sam i completely like it already he's pitched so well and he's been durable kind of since his time in new york i forgot that he was hurt at the end of last season and had ankle surgery and there was rumors that he might not even be able to pitch until may or june this year and then because the season gets pushed back two weeks here he kind of gets on schedule and doesn't miss a start like i when, when the yankees announced that he was having that ankle surgery at the end of last year there was some serious concerns of his availability to start this year and that i feel like hasn't been spoke about at all so there's you know full confidence there that he's healthy and uh, he's working up that strength. Like we said, he's kind of, you know, been that five innings start here, but he didn't have a normal off season. So there's, there's more to push to more to, to get into that, that, that later part of the game here. That's why I think it's, I think it's good that we talk about it now because come the end of May, some people might be like, Hey, this, we really should have been talking about Tyona a little more here because this guy's been, been kicking ass and it's been great. It's been fun to watch. He's, Quiet, calm demeanor, kind of different than, you know, different from the Severino uh, of, you know, the I love, the excitement and energy that Severino gives. But but Tyone just just walks off the mound after each inning. And, and it's been uh, been fun to watch. And you've got to keep the durability up because we know we know his history. But, but for now, it's been fine. And then, Sam, when the starters don't go long into games, one guy has been coming in and just shoving everybody. And he continued to do it uh, on Wednesday here. But is there much more to say about Mike King to his start to this year? Because it is, forget all-star appearance. We might be looking at one of the better relief years in a long time for Major League Baseball in general. This guy, every time he's coming out there, I, I want him to continue to pitch and pitch more. And people have been looking silly. First Mike King. He's like the old Chad Green almost with <laughs> the old Batanzas, the old Chad Green, Green, the old Mariano. The, the Yankees just find these guys to, to pitch in the middle of games. But you're right. This does remind me of not so long ago, Chad Green. Yeah. Three perfect innings on Wednesday, three strikeouts. On the season, it was his eighth game, 17 and two thirds innings, 10 hits, one earned run, three walks, and 25 strikeouts. The best reliever in baseball this season, as far as I'm concerned. And that funky delivery, he's got that fastball that he locates so well, and, and the breaking pitcher to get so many hitters on. It's really, really fun to watch him on the mound. And the Yankees have used him in many different situations to hold the game tonight. The fire extinguisher game when Chapman had the meltdown at home against Toronto. He is fun to watch on the mound. I would not want to be hitting against him if I were an opposing hitter. This is a guy who couldn't find the zone a couple of years ago when the Yankees brought him up. To see his development really speaks volumes to Matt Blake and company working with the pitchers in the organization. Very, very solid arm out of the Yankees bullpen who, like I just said, can be used in a variety of roles. There's so many different pitchers in the bullpen who have done their job. Steve, like you said at the beginning, the three down segment is one we normally have a few guys for. There are not many on this episode, if no, any. And not from the bullpen at all. I mean, going into Wednesday's game, King had a 1.1 war, which is fourth in all of baseball for pitchers. That was going into Wednesday's game. He pitched great on Wednesday. He added another three innings on Wednesday. So another three innings. This guy is going to be enter Thursday, probably with the second highest war of all pitchers in baseball. 
and will be pitching half the innings of the guys in front of him, which is like Gosman and Rendon and Joe Musgrove are all, you know, 30-plus innings. He's going to be at 17 innings and be, you know, looking at similar numbers than these guys when you look at the the war here. It's it's ridiculous. It's to, to have that big of an impact in the games that he's coming in is crazy. The Yankees got him from the Marlins in kind of like a, a 40-man roster crunch move. And that was a few years ago. And, you know, he's kind of bounced around a little bit, made some starts. Like you said, very similar to how Chad Green's career started with the Yankees. Just elite stuff here. And if you see him coming up in the bullpen, I'm like, perfect. Get him in right now because you know he, he's he's dancing any fire that he comes into. He's the fire extinguisher. I like that. Just, I, like that. I really, really love him. Gets ground balls. He's a Swiss Army knife. They can use him in so many different situations. He's Nothing. the one guy in the bullpen that I have the ultimate trust in right now. Ultimate trust, which is really, really rare to find for a reliever in Major League Baseball right now. And I love how the Yankees have developed him in the last few years, encouraging stuff out of the organization that they now have a a weapon out of the bullpen. And the Yankees needed someone to step up this season because Zach Britton probably is not going to pitch for the Yankees. (laughs) And he's he's an afterthought. Like, it's not even, they're not missing him at all. Guys like King uh, kind of, you know, moved up, uh, you know, and he he pitches more in the, the earlier innings which are vitally important. And we we often discuss kind of the, the importance of those middle relievers here, but it is really made exact Britain a complete afterthought here. Mike King's, thanks to Katie Sharp here, Mike King's last six games, 13 innings, pitched zero runs, four hits, 19 strikeouts in 13 innings, and 43 batters faced. Just, just insane stuff all around. 0.51 ERA. And to be honest, that seems way too high because I've seen him pitch and I feel like I haven't seen a batter make contact so let alone get a hit and score a run awesome stuff here three innings pitch and 33 pitches only so he's efficient too so it's not like he's going in for three innings and kind of burning himself out with the off day on thursday here he's going to be available for friday and it's going to be interesting to see how often boone starts to use him and see those innings start racking up but he's been he's been stretched out in the past so i'm not really worried about an inning limit on him and him being a little more in the early innings just to stick with the bullpen for a little bit here has led to another guy that I think Matt Blake has done wonders on. And the Yankees got him in a, in a trade with, with, with the Pirates. Clay Holmes! So the Yankees got in a trade with the Pirates. They get Clay Holmes, who has also just been lights out from, from the bullpen for the Yankees here. So Mike King and Clay Holmes dominating a Yankees bullpen that we figured we would be discussing. Jonathan Luizaga, Chad Green, and Eraldis Chapman, who are pitching great. Uh, you know, they're pitching fine. But those two guys have kind of been the dominating forces, and we didn't see that coming going into the year. And Clay Holmes has even been used in a couple save situations. He's got two saves on the season, 13 innings pitched after tonight, only one earned run, 11 strikeouts to four walks. The Yankees got really railed against on Twitter for the trade to get Clay Holmes. (laughs) You remember that? (laughs) I remember that. And they're like, oh, the analytics department, the analytics this, the analytics that. Sometimes baseball teams know what they're doing besides Joe from the Bronx on Twitter. But he's been really, really good. That sinker ball has been his trademark. He keeps the ball down in the zone. A ground ball pitcher throws really hard, 95-96. A very, very good piece the Yankees added in in a trade. They gave up Hoy Park. Who is getting playing time, but he is not playing well. Um, quite quite the difference uh, of so far there. Uh, yeah, 
Yankee fans were screaming for Hoy Park to get some at-bats away from Rugnet Odor last year, which I kind of would have been fine with too. But the Yankees system kind of threw him under the bus too. They were like, hey, this guy's never going to be a real major league player. They were like, he's a 4A guy. And the Yankees got a pitcher like Clay Holmes under control through 2025. And his numbers in Pittsburgh in 2021 were not good. He had a 4.93 ERA, 42 innings pitched here. But his underlying numbers are kind of what the Yankees are looking for. They're like, hey, the ground ball rate, like you said, it was, you know, tops in baseball. He got, he got a little bit unlucky with, with kind of how things were shaking out. I mean, I would, would suck too if you got the Pirates playing behind defense behind you. So it was, uh, you know, a great move for the Yankees. And the Yankees get two toss-away moves that we assume at the time is of the deal. Hoy Park for, for Clay Holmes and then getting Mike King a few years ago for Caleb Smith and Garrett Cooper, I believe, was a deal. And Caleb Smith actually pitched really well for the Marlins in his first two years down there. And people were like, the Yankees gave up a good, a good pitcher, like typical Cashman trading away a good prospect that turns out to be something. And lo and behold, that what we got in return was way better in Mike King. So under the radar deals that you didn't think would be making this big of an impact are part of the reason why the Yankees have either the best bullpen in baseball and the, the best record this season so far. The pitching staff as a whole, there's no bad things to say about it. Lawiska bounced back in, in Toronto. That was really, really good to see. Good outing in Kansas City. Everything is working right now. And, and we've hardly been in this position. Unfortunately, it's just May 4th. I wish it was yeah. September we were talking about this, but the Yankees have provided themselves a good bit of cushion, a multiple game lead in the division. They're a top the American League by a couple of games. They're creating space now for maybe a minor setback or two later on, which we've seen. It's baseball. It's 162 games. It happens to everybody. I unfortunately was holding out hope for 156 and six before we came <laughs> on tonight. Well, well with 10 the way losses, the maybe 10 losses. It's been really, really good to see a team firing on all cylinders and to see this happening in May. Aaron Boone and company really really emphasized quick start to the season was key and that's exactly what the Yankees had unfortunately I was told by some that after the five and five start and losing two of three at Camden Yards the season was over but that's not the case the Yankees <laughs> have come back very strong from that when everyone was doubting them everyone overreacting the first 10 to 15 games of the season and have really put on a show the last couple of weeks and I think that Tuesday game in Toronto really emphasized that point they were down one nothing in the sixth inning judge it's the homer and that started nine unanswered runs to close the game with a 9-1 win. Everything is working right now. And when we're talking about the bullpen, I mentioned him last week. And I happen to be a fan of him, despite a lot of Yankees Twitter bashing on him at every chance. Aroldis Chapman, in seven games since his meltdown against the Blue Jays in that game at Yankee Stadium. Six and a third innings pitched, no runs, six strikeouts to four walks, and he has five saves. He's, so he's, his numbers don't make sense when you remember those like back-to-back games where like it looked like he couldn't throw a strike. It, it is you know yeah we haven't really talked much about Chapman's been amazing. The wise gets back on track. Chad Green had a big save this week as well. So we could do a whole podcast on just how good the Yankees bullpen ha- has been. So as the year goes on, the bullpen's going to have some up, up and downs, and if they might 
You need to pay attention to make sure they're not overworked and kind of pick your spots with some guys here. But for now, their plan is just to win every game and it's been working so far. And they've done that a lot, Sam. So we there's there, I don't think we have three players to bench in on the three down after this week. So I don't we don't need to go through it all here. But even though the wins are coming, the Yankees are still the Bronx Bombers. They lead the league in home runs. But the catching position is struggling offensively. And we knew this was going to be the case. We harped on it big time the first episode this year about the Yankees focusing on the defense of the catchers. And it's going to lead to really bad offensive catchers. And that, that point has still stayed. Kyle Higashioka and Jose uh, Trevino are basically split in time behind the plate for, for the most part here. Kyle's played in 17 games and Trevino's played in 14 games. Both are batting like shit. Kyle's got a 152 average, a Trevino at 161. Neither one is getting on base. Their on base percentage is barely over 200 around the way. At what point, obviously if you keep winning, no one's going to care. At what point are we start getting legit concerned that the Yankees catching spot is a complete black hole in the lineup? And I guess the good part is we've seen them used as pinch hitters because we have that extra bench guy. That, that I, That's got to continue their whole season, right? Anytime that these guys come up in a big spot, you're going to a pinch hitter and we're playing two catchers every game here. It's, it's playing with fire, but it's working for now. They're almost like a slight upgrade over a pitcher. Yeah. I, honestly, the, some of these at-bats, I mean, Kyle with a big double today to lead off the, the seventh, I believe it was. That should have led to a Yankee run here. The Yankees not being able to drive him in. You have Kyle Higashioka leading off with a double when he's got six hits, seven hits the entire year. It, you need to drive him in. That's the moment I thought the Yankees were going to win the game when he led off the seventh inning with a double. But in terms of a trade, I, I have not gone into those possibilities yet. Maybe the Yankees yeah, look so, at that either. in July. But for right now, things are working. And it, it's like a pitcher is batting, though almost a slight upgrade so i don't know how long that can continue for especially when some of these guys start slumping but for now it's working and as long as the other eight guys are hitting it doesn't matter right yeah they have isaiah kiner falefa who is far from the slugging king he came into the wednesday finale against toronto slugging under 40 percent which the yankees kind of signed up for they want a better defense up the middle which includes the catcher spot, the shortstop spot. It's going to be something we have to pay attention to later in the year when that is an automatic out and one or two guys in the lineup are not hitting and this turns into a six-man lineup. I'll be interested to see how early in the game do would Boone make the switch. Like if there's two on in the fifth inning, are you pinch hitting for Higashioka if you've got Donaldson or you know Rizzo on the bench? Why not? Who cares when the, the big at-bat comes, how early in the game is if you trust both catchers equally. So there there isn't really a situation that you're not losing anything at the bat and it doesn't seem you're not losing anything from the backstop either here. You know, they're they're both playing pretty similar. Honestly, Kyle Higashioka leads the league in pass balls, but nobody's talking about that. And there's no need to because it, it doesn't really reflect how good he's been as a receiver. Trevino has been, I think he's become Cole's personal catcher here. You know, it was Kyle, but, but Cole's pitched better with Trevino behind the plate. So I think we'll see him there for the foreseeable future. And then the third guy that that the Yankees were excited for coming into the year of uh you know Ben Roydven. You know, he he's ramping up work down in down in the minors and will eventually be playing in Triple A, but he was part of that deal that sent Gary Sanchez and and Gio Urshela to to Minnesota. Kyle Higashioka doesn't have any any options left here. I'll be interested to see. I think it's very unlikely, but could that post, you know, that that deadline move be releasing Higgy and seeing what Ben's got and going with a Ben 
and Trevino deal behind the plate there. So it, it'll be something to keep an eye on from the catching spot because look, we, we've for years we've gone the other way of hey, we know we're not going to be great defensively, but Gary's going to hit some bombs. Kyle Kyle hits dingers too, and he you know, but he's not looking like it. He hit eight in spring training. And he's got, what, two extra base hits all year to start the year, too. And he's lost playing time because of it. So the catching spot is that, you know, if we want to bash on one thing after this this 11-game winning streak here, it's got to be the uh, the offense behind the catching spot. But our pitching is tops in the league for ERA, only behind the Twins, ironically. Other than that, there's no complaints coming from uh, the, the catching side of things. The hitch comms working well, working well, it seems like, and, and the relievers and starters are, are throwing absolute gas here. It's an odd look to, from based on what we used to, to be an automatic out from the catching spot. I would like to bring back Jorge Posada and just rejuvenate <laughs> him till his Jorge, age 31 Jorge. season, which would be really, really great. You know, Tori always batted him at the seventh or eighth spot in the lineup, and he was just a menace down there, which Yankees fans were really spoiled with. But it's something to keep an eye on. And we've emphasized a billion times, the Yankees have really taken a different strategy this season, and it's worked. 18 and 7 through 25 Huge. games. And the defense is kind of uh, top five in defensive runs saved to, to start the year. And we were dead last in that category uh, in 2021. So and anything improve, improvement there. So we're, we're seeing it, it all. You know, moving Glaber back to second ha- has worked out there. Donaldson still waiting to hit his stride offensively, but playing a fine third baseman. Rizzo is, is a vacuum over at first. So the, the, the defensive side of things are improving. It, it, if you play good defense, you don't need to score as many runs. So you're, you're able to have holes in the lineup. You have things like Gallo struggling to start the year like he did. You know, Donaldson starting slow with the new team. And, and the catching spot being a black hole for now, it, it's okay when you're giving up one run. And you got guys like Judge and Rizzo leading the league in home runs. So there, there's if that's the only thing we can nitpick, I think that's a fine thing to nitpick here. It was entering the Tuesday game in Toronto. Buster only tweeted out the drastic defensive improvement for the Yankees early on in the 2022 season. Their defensive run save for the 2021 season was minus 41 at rank, <laughs> 29 of 30. Their defensive run save so far in 22, again, entering Tuesday, is plus 13, which is seventh best. Their unearned runs in 2021, they had 68. And their unearned runs in 2022, they had five. They didn't have one tonight. They were on pace for 36 entering Tuesday. They didn't have one each of the last two nights. Sam, just for fun, you want to take a guess at who was worse than the Yankees in uh, team defensive run saved in 2021. Boston Red Sox. No, that would have been that would have been fun. Boston was 18th in the league with a positive four. The Philadelphia Phillies had negative 54. They were 13 runs worse than the Yankees. That does not surprise me. At all, <laughs> that, it did surprise. What's I read that did surprise me either. But 13 worse is crazy. Oh man. And, and you know what? Did you know who their shortstop was? Didi Gregorius. The Yankees made the right move there. They did. Yeah, he was the minus 18 defensive run save from the shortstop position for Didi there. So, so not great for the Phillies. The Yankees have made that move now with Isaiah kind of fleffer. So we'll see some positivity there. All right, Sam. We I don't remember what we said. Going into th- this streak here, but we said the Yankees needed to. I think we wanted them to be six and one before we came back on here. We shifted things back a little bit this week, and they went eleven and one, which is which is fine by us. They're back home, getting three games versus the Texas Rangers here, then two more versus the Blue Jays here. The Rangers will be fun to watch. They signed Marcus Simeon, 
and Corey Sager to targets for the Yankees for that shortstop position. And they moved on from Isaiah Kinefalefer to get these guys. Simeon has been terrible for the Rangers in his early career, playing moving back to his natural spot of second base. Uh, and Corey Sager has been a little kind of a disappointment as well. This will be kind of fun in that aspect of it. You know, the Rangers aren't a good team out, out west in that division, but they spent a lot of money to try and be good. So the Yankees then will have, and it's not just uh, IFK too. Joey Gallo, former former Ranger, and Jose Trevino, a, a former Ranger. So we'll we'll see some uh, friendly faces uh, going and looking in that Ranger dugout there too. So what are you looking for here versus Big Texas coming to the Bronx? A below average team. They took <laughs> two from a below average team in Philadelphia, right down on ninety five. So they're heading up the Northeast corridor to face the Yankees. I'm looking for a Yankees sweep, two or three. Uh, I'll Why sign not? up for. Let's, let's get the sweep. Uh, and we start off with Cole versus Otto, who was one of the players traded for Joey Gallo. Which is going to be really, really interesting. Cole, got to give a shout out to him. Two gems since three rocky starts to open the season. 12 and two-thirds innings, nine hit, 15 strikeouts to three walk, no runs allowed. Really, really encouraging stuff. With Trevino behind the plate for both those games. So I expect to see Trevino there on Friday. Uh, then Saturday, Sunday games, you got Severino versus Dunning, and then Montgomery, Montgomery versus Gray. If you're watching on Saturday, look for my beautiful face behind home plate. Uh, I'll be sitting right there, I think about six rows, six to seven rows back. I'm not really sure how close, but she'll be able to see my mug if you're watching. I'm excited. I'm excited to see Severino live for the first time in probably four years. I'm really, really excited, too. I'm off this weekend for my job. Three-day weekends. Going to get to settle in for some games. Some awful weather in the Northeast, if you're listening from there. I hope it holds off for Saturday. I, I did not know that's him. <laughs> I'm sorry to inform you, but some <laughs> oh, no. awful weather. I wanted to get out on the course this weekend. I obviously can't get out on Mother's Day. So, yes, some pretty bad weather. I hope that the Yankees still play some games so I can tune in from my couch on a rainy Saturday and rainy Friday night. But I'm looking forward to this. And then an off day Monday and then two against Toronto, which we'll see you after the Toronto series. This is the time the Yankees are playing really good baseball and it, it, it's time to tune in. May is rolling around. We're a few weeks out from Memorial Day. Really exciting stuff, especially with Cole starting off the homestand on Friday on the bump. Yeah, I think that, that's nice to have Cole started off here because you know sometimes after a big winning streak can come a losing streak because you're you're all pumped you know let's get let's get eight let's get nine let's get ten let's get eleven and then, and then it kind of disappears of like oh we're back at one and then the lose the L's could start to catch up so gotta come out here I think two of three versus Texas is a must and then we got you know the Toronto again here like Toronto's gonna be a great game great game great series to follow all year as the Yankees battle the Blue Jays here for for supremacy in the in the AL East the Yankees are what two and a half games up uh, one and a half games up on the Blue Jays now after dropping their their game on Wednesday here but uh, always good to see that that first spot not just in the AL East not just in the American League but first in Major League Baseball right now 18 and 7 New York Yankees. Can they hold it? Can they go can they go the rest of the way there? Only one way to find out is keep watching and keep listening along to Sam and myself. You can find me on Twitter at angelsteve89 and you can find Sam at real sam mars. So we'll be there watching along and I really appreciate you guys listening in to another episode of podcasting in pinstripes. Sam 11 in a row. We 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 might not see there for a few years, but let's uh I, the Yankees goal 
is to beat that this year. Let's get 12 in a row by the end of the year. I love to hear it. I think it's going to come at the end of the summer and the Yankees are going to peak at the right time and go to the World Series. That's what we like to hear. All right, guys. We'll see you next time. See you later, Sam. Go Yanks. (laughs) 